2: Last time on Mysteries of of the Unexplained, I gave you part one of the terrifying story that's called The Watcher. Will we find out who The Watcher's identity is today? Join us for part two of The Watcher, featuring me and... Annie Gann, because she can never say her name right. Hello Annie, how are you today? Um I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh Annie had her second vaccine and she's on that death store. Um we've been both plagued with the old second vaccine side effects this week, guys. Hence this being a bit late, which will be just a double Friday episode at this stage. And I don't give a shit if you <laughs> are angry over it. You can go suck <laughs> on my thumb and you are getting two episodes and that's it. And we've been poorly. We've I'm been so very poorly.
1: poorly. I feel like somebody just threw me down the stairs and danced a little Irish jig on my head. My head is literally spinning off me and I don't think that you're cronio voice in my ear for an hour is really going to help so <laughs> we better just get on with it and if I pass away in the middle of it thank you to all of my friends <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I'm sure you'll be familiar with part one but just briefly before where we left off the Broadduses had Six months um, Six months after the Broadduses had bought the house, they decided to sell it, listing it for more than what they paid, reflecting the work they had done to 657. Rumours ranged from a crazed sexual predator that stalked it, teenagers causing mayhem with too much time in their hands, to an elaborate scam. 657 Boulevard sat alone, waiting for its new owners. The Broadduses decided that they would partially disclose the watcher and their letters to any interested buyer, agreed to full disclosure if a bid was to be accepted. Several bids came in well below the asking price. Bids that made the Broadduses shudder. It was looking like they would have no choice but to take a huge financial hit on 657. Derek and Maria's anger grew, all that money wasted, a dream shattered. Of course the Watcher was the real villain, but the Woods the Woods had received a letter from the Watcher all those years ago and never disclosed it to them prior to buying the house. Their gaze turned in their direction. On June 2nd, 2015, a year after buying 657 Boulevard, the Broadduses filed a legal complaint against the Woodses, arguing that the Woodses should have disclosed the letter before purchase, adding that they also never disclosed that water sometimes got into the basement. But what about the watcher's claims that something was hidden in the walls? Well, after a thorough inspection, it came to light that 657 did hold a secret, a lack of installation, typical for any ageing home. The Broadduses prayed for a quiet settlement. They desperately hid all information about the watcher from their children. Terrified that this legal bid would catapult the story into the papers, their lawyer assured them that it would at most make it into the local paper. A few weeks later, the story broke on the Today Show. A local reporter had found the complaint, which included snippets of the watcher's menacing threats. And after a belated attempt by the Broadduses to seal it, the story went viral. News trucks camped out at 657 Boulevard, and one local reporter set up a lawn chair to conduct his own watch. The Broadduses got more than 300 media requests. Derek and Maria escaped to a friend's beach house, Unfortunately, in that time, Maria's grandfather had a heart attack and the friend they were staying with had a seizure. With the case going viral, Derek and Maria had no choice but to sit down with their children and explain the real reason why they hadn't moved into their new home. Reddit users were obsessed with 657, scanning Google Maps Street View to try spot the watcher or find out which house the watcher might live in. Meanwhile, in Westfield, residents were spooked. A piano teacher who lived behind 657 Boulevard told a reporter that one of her students broke down and started crying, saying that she was petrified to walk down the boulevard alone. A town council meeting was held after the letters became public. The mayor, Andy Skabitsky assured the public that the watcher hadn't been heard from in nearly a year, and although the police hadn't solved the case, their investigation had been very thorough, he added. But 657's neighbours disputed this claiming most of them had never even heard from the police, never mind being questioned. A letter to the local paper made by residents would confirm this. We are confounded as to how a thorough investigation can be conducted without talking to all the neighbours within proximity to the home. Was this a case of sloppy investigation on the part of the police? Attracted to the case after it gained national attention, a veteran detective by the name of Baron Chambliss asked to look at the case. The Broaduses are victims and I don't think they got the support they needed," Chambliss told a reporter. He knew his colleagues had looked closely at Michael Langford. According to Michael's brother Sandy Langford, Michael had been diagnosed with schizophrenia as a child. It was reported that he sometimes spooked newcomers to the neighbourhood when he did strange things like walk through their backyard or peek into windows of homes that were being renovated. But those who knew him said that the odd things he did were mostly just unusual neighbourly kindnesses. As Chambliss looked into the case, he discovered something surprising. Investigators had conducted a DNA analysis of one of the envelopes and determined that the DNA belonged to a woman. As a result of this, Chambliss decided to look more closely at Abby Langford, Michael's sister, who worked as a real estate agent. Perhaps she was annoyed about missing out on commission from a house right next door. Perhaps her annoyance had manifested into anger and from that the watcher had been born. It was reported that disturbingly, Jambalas working with a security guard at Abby's workplace nabbed her plastic water bottle during a shift to obtain a DNA sample. The DNA sample was not a match. Not long after, the prosecutor's office told Derek and Maria that they had ruled out the Langfords as suspects, with no explanation of why or how they had come to that conclusion. The Broadduses were stunned. They had recently told the prosecutors that they planned to file civil charges against the Langfords and wondered if the prosecutors were lying to prevent the story from blowing up again. My family moved to the boulevard in 1961 and we have never caused a problem for anybody, Sandy Langford told a reporter. This guy gets all these letters and all of a sudden people are pointing fingers. Left without a suspect, the Broaddus reopened their personal investigation. They spent an afternoon walking the block with a sample of the watcher's handwriting, hoping somebody might recognise it. But the only notable encounter came when an older man who lived behind 657 with his son joked that the watcher sounded a little bit like him. They also hired Robert Leonard, a renowned forensic and linguist, who didn't find any noteworthy overlap when he scoured local online forums for similarities to The Watcher's writing. Although he did think that The Watcher might watch Game of Thrones, Jon Snow is one of the Watchers on the Wall. At one point, Derek told the reporter that he persuaded a friend in tech to connect him to a hacker willing to break into Wi-Fi networks in the neighbourhood to look for incriminating documents, but doing so turned out to be both illegal and more difficult than the movies made it seem, so they didn't go through with it. Chambliss and the Westfield police were also back at square one. The police asked Andrea Woods for a DNA sample and interviewed her 21-year-old son, no match, and the interview was fruitless. A year after, it was hard to find fresh leads. One night, Chambliss and a partner were sitting in a van parked on the boulevard watching the house. At around 11pm, a car stopped in front of the house, long enough for Chambliss to grow suspicious. He traced the car to a young woman in a nearby town whose boyfriend lived on the same block as 657. The woman told Chambliss her boyfriend was into some really dark video games, including in Chambliss's memory one in which he was playing a specific character, the Watcher. As for the female DNA, Chambliss figured the girlfriend or somebody else could have helped. The boyfriend was living elsewhere at the time, but Chambliss said he agreed to come in for an interview on two separate occasions. He didn't show up either time. Chambliss didn't have enough evidence to force him to appear, and with the media attention dying down, he dropped the case and moved on. While the Broadduses continued to be consumed by stress and fear, for the rest of Westfield the story became little more than a creepy urban legend. A house to walk by on Halloween if you were brave enough. No one who had lived in the house before the Woodses could recall anything unusual, and it was hard for people to imagine that their idyllic neighbourhood could be host to something so sinister. A woman who lives nearby said to a reporter after the news broke, she and ten or so of her neighbours had gathered in the street to puzzle out who might have sent the letters. Eventually, she said, they came to a consensus. Maybe the Broadduses had sent the letters to themselves. The theory so far as it went was that the Broadduses had suffered buyer's remorse or realised that they couldn't afford the home and concocted an elaborate scheme to get out of the sale or Derek was cooking up some kind of insurance fraud or they were angling for a movie deal. The Broadduses received several offers but turned them down Lifetime eventually released a movie called The Watcher, despite a cease and desist letter from the Broaduses, arguing that the couple in the movie was biracial and the letters were signed The Raven. Some locals found it noteworthy that over the course of a decade the Broaduses had upgraded from a $315,000 house to a $770,000 house to a $1.3 million one and refinanced their mortgages. A few weeks after the letters became public, the Westfield leader published an article in which anonymous neighbours were quoted asking why the Broadduses kept renovating a home they weren't moving into, or questioning whether they had really done that much renovating at all. The leader even cast doubt on Maria's commitment to her family's safety, citing as evidence the fact that she had a public Facebook page with a photo of her kids. The paper did note that the police had tested Maria's DNA, which didn't match. None of the theories made much logical sense. The Broadduses had answers to every question, but they weren't speaking publicly, and the rumours persisted. Meanwhile, the Broadduses still had to figure out what to do with 657 Boulevard. Their lawsuit was pending, but seemed unlikely to succeed. A judge later dismissed the lawsuit. In the spring of 2016, 657 was back on the market hoping it might garner some more interest given how many people had reacted to the letters by saying they would have ignored them and just moved in. The Broadduses held a well-attended open house, after which Derek and Maria spent hours researching every person who signed in and comparing their handwriting to the watchers. But each time a potential buyer expressed interest and met with the Broadduses' lawyer to read the letters, they backed out. Feeling as if they had ran out of options, the Broaddus' real estate lawyer proposed an idea. Sell the house to a developer who could tear it down and split the property into two sellable homes. They thought they could get $1 million for the lot. Subdivisions like this had become common in Westfield. When the proposal was publicly announced, Westfield's Facebook groups lit up like Christmas. Some expressed sympathy for the Broaddus' Others were convinced this was the culmination of a long scam. When the planning board met to decide the application in January 2017, it had already devoted a three-hour hearing to the issue. More than 100 residents showed up. The neighbors expressed concern that the Broadus's plan might require knocking down trees and that the new homes would have aesthetically unpleasing front-facing garages. A parade of neighbors stood to speak. Glenn Dumont from across the street said the proposal would spell the end of the six hundred block of Boulevard as we know it. A woman whose kids had been to the Broaddus' old home for a birthday party spoke on behalf of nine neighbours who presented 657 Boulevard as Westfield's Alamo. Our neighbourhoods are constantly under attack from turf, lights, parking decks, you name it. If we can't make a stand on the boulevard, where can we? At one point, Abby Langford stood up and said, I've spent almost 60 years looking at a magnificent, beautiful house and I personally do not want to be looking out at a driveway. The hearing lasted four hours, during which there was little discussion of the reason the Broaduses had been driven to tear down their dream home in the first place. Has anybody thought about whether or not this lunatic who did this had been apprehended? said Tom Higgins, who lived across the street toward the end of the hearing. Putting up two houses there is going to stick out like an old client of mine in Texas told me. It's going to stick out like a dog's balls. (laughs) Good old Tommy.
1: (laughs) Good old Tommy boy.
2: I just have like visions of the watcher been sitting there been like this the house is lovely don't you think
0: <laughs> I mean and all
2: these like pieces of paper falling out and like like a typewriter and some pens I have to go now nothing to see here
1: I just want to say as well that your neighbours are fucking arseholes they wouldn't want to live there anyway what dogs
2: at half past eleven the board unanimously rejected the proposal Derek and Maria were distraught. Even if the plan had gone through, it would only put a plaster on their financial bleeding. They had paid a reported $100,000 in Westfield property taxes. Not long after the planning board's decision, the Broadduses got some good news. A family with grown children and two big dogs had agreed to rent 657 Boulevard. Two weeks later, Derek went to 657 to deal with squirrels who had taken up residence in the roof. As he was leaving, the renter stopped him. Oh, uh, Derek, buddy, I forgot. I forgot to give you this letter. It was addressed to you. He handed him an envelope, which read, Violet winds and bitter cold to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. This letter, two and a half years after the watcher appeared, came out of nowhere. You wonder who the watcher is. Turn around, idiots. "'Maybe you even spoke to me, one of the so-called neighbours who has no idea who the watcher could be. "'Or maybe you know and are too scared to tell anyone. Good move.' "'I walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighbourhood and mocked me. "'I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. "'Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions.' 657 boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 boulevard with my orders. All hail the watcher. Nice new family by the way. Young blood, too, I see isn't it marvellous you know revenge can come in many ways, Broices, maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day, maybe the mysterious death of a pet, loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. All hail the Watcher.
1: (laughs) I don't like (laughs) it. This is fucking with my head, which is already severely, severely under pressure today. (laughs) Please tell me that everything is okay.
2: On a personal note, I think at the end of the letter, like with the whole planes and cars and bicycles crash, I think he's just rambling there or she is rambling there. It's just kind of like, Flowers and butterflies and small (laughs) little icicles (laughs) that fall on your nose. Like, just started saying random shit, filling up the page.
1: Oh, I don't know. I think it kind of feels like a a direct threat. Like, oh God, this is giving me the fucking... Spoke oh, c- come on please tell me there's an end to this
2: the render was spooked but agreed to stay if the broadest installed cameras around the house derek took the letter to the police headquarters there a 300 yard diameter was drawn up the watcher had to be somewhere in there soon anonymous letters in westfield were becoming commonplace several families received an envelope in their mailbox delivered by hand People noted that the letters had been sent to the homes of people who had been most vocal in criticising the Broadduses. One family said their letter was weirdly poetic, accusing the families of making false comments about the Broadduses. It included several stories about recent acts of domestic terrorism in which signs of brewing mental illnesses had gone unnoticed. The typed letters were signed, Friends of the Broadduses Family. The people who received the letters didn't know who sent them, but the tone had a familiar ring to them. Was the unhinged watcher now sticking up for the Broadduses? When a reporter asked Derek whether he had written these new letters, he paused for a moment, took a deep breath and admitted it, adding that he hadn't even told Maria. Derek claimed that he had been driven to breaking point fed up with people throwing accusations at his family based on tin air. Just like the way the Watcher is obsessed with 657 Boulevard, Derek had become obsessed with the Watcher. It's like cancer, he told the reporter. We think about it every day. A final letter was received from the Watcher that read, You are despised by the house, and the Watcher has won. All hail The watcher. To this day, the identity of the watcher remains a mystery.
1: No, (laughs) no, I'm so upset.
2: Some say the game is over. Others say it's just round one. But I guess the watcher did what their father did, and his father did, watch and, in their way, protect Six Five Seven Boulevard. In 2019, a ferocious bidding war crowned Netflix the winners to the rights of the story. A limited series starring Naomi Watts will air in 2022. Is the Watcher waiting to pen their next letter? And if so, to whom the end? (gasps) So what are your thoughts? (laughs) I'm
1: so upset that... uh why are you doing this to me on today of all days I don't want to I don't want to I refuse I refuse I refuse I just really don't you see Annie
2: (laughs) I am the watcher (laughs) I am in the COVID-19 vaccine and I'm now inside you. I will slowly unhinge your mind, Annie.
1: No, please, please don't. And make
2: you do such things as walk down the street with no bra on so you can terrify children and trip yourself up.
1: (laughs) I do that anyway. Oh, oh! I hate it. I actually hate this story so much. Like I'd say it's up there in my top three because it's not really it's, yeah. Because it could because ha- it's like, unresolved. It's unresolved. It re- like I know a lot of our stories are unresolved, but this one feels particularly like oh, like just malevolent or something. Oh, it's so creepy.
2: It's so creepy. I think it's um. I think it's it's more creepy because it's from like a human being, well, seems to be I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um and and like Scariest of all, humans are the most fucking terrifying creature, really, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Oh, how
1: profound and poetic of you, William. uh,
2: Oh, I know. (laughs) Um, And then then it got me thinking. I was just like, imagine if the whole neighborhood were in on this and they just had a thing for the roses, or there was some sort of weird, like, cult Cult. going on. And they used, like, 657 as, like, in the attic as their little rituals and they wanted them out. And then everybody just was like we shall go together because the watcher will want this done. And they're all English, really, but they have an American accent in my head.
1: That's what I think. I think there was more than one person involved. I think that it was like... Uh, I think that there was something, there was something culty about it and like the whatever group of people that had like a vested interest in this house needed for it not to be taken down or something. There was some energy around it. That they needed it to stay there they, uh, because the neighbours just sound like absolute arseholes anyway, like that poor family. And of course it wasn't them. Why would they put themselves through fucking years and years and years of of hardship and and they didn't even have a house at the end of it no no I
2: don't yeah I don't doesn't make sense that that would be the case that they would do that they basically did themselves out of a lot of money and Maria was from the, the neighbourhood so you'd be mortifying yourself and also doing yourself out of money for very little gain which would be nothing although I'm sure they got a bit of money now for this new Netflix series coming out but you'd want to be making something back wouldn't you? Oh you'd want um, to be making
1: a bit of cash back there so thank god neither of us is in the position to be buying a house soon because the story is going to stay with me forever and I'll be like waiting for a letter to come in the door be be like hello and be the postman and i'd be like i'm ah! <laughs> just fucking shitting myself inside in the house he'd be like it's a flyer for little what's your problem <laughs> i
2: hope like, i hope when you move into your mobile um you oh when you move into your mobile you won't start getting letters from somebody you know but well, you can't quite pin on it who it well, could be although you, you would know my scrawling I, handwriting I immediately cuz
1: your seven year old your seven year old handwriting at like absolutely anywhere like i mean come on now oh my god sorry i just had a little yawn there but i'm very perturbed and it is not helping with my um post-covid head uh post-covid vaccine head at all so please please can you tell me something something else now please
2: yes now this is not a properly fully fledged episode so you won't get any billy's bizarre news this week but i do have a question for you in a ask any anything from the watcher a question which isn't me (laughs) and it's somebody that sent a question in and i'm gonna read it in the voice of the watcher to make it sound creepy
1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and
2: 365-day returns. Are you ready, honey? This is Word for Word from a mysterious anonymous source. Your fans obviously don't know how to ask hard-hitting questions. It's like they've never watched Larry King. (laughs) Here's a question for you, Anne-Marie. Your plumber loves to tweet about the experiences she has whenever they visited your home, which is weekly at least, though she never specifies if it's you or Dave responsible for corroding the pipes. (laughs) Feel free to answer on Dave's behalf if you wish to cast blame. The question is, which sort of natural disaster would you say the bathroom business in your home most resembles? <laughs> <laughs> they also sent another one, but answer that one first. Which which uh, sort of natural disaster would you think I the bathroom would business would?
1: say it's kind of like a tsunami punami effect. Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Actually, I've lived with you, and I can verify that.
1: I think it's because I eat a lot of vegetables.
2: Oh God! <laughs> I'd say there's a hole in every knickers you own. Patches upon patches. <laughs> Next question from the from the watcher, Annie. Which film? or television character do you feel most closely resembles you? Brenda Walsh from Beverly Hills 90210, played by <laughs> Shannon Doherty. <laughs> Heather Duke from Heathers, played by Shannon Doherty. Or Maggie Malane from Girls Just Want to Have Fun, played by Shannon Doherty. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is not.
1: I don't want any Shannon Doherty, please. Why must I be Shannon Doherty?
2: Uh, you um, must choose, Annie, or I will make your <laughs> life a living hell. <laughs> I've also come to the realisation that the watcher kind of sounds like Dom- Donald Trump a little bit.
1: <laughs> no, it doesn't, but it sounds like... um. It sounds a little bit like uh, fucking Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. Um, I suppose, I can't even remember her different characteristics. The one I can remember the most is is a 90210. You're a bit of a Shannon Doherty fan. What was she like? She was a little bit like huffy and puffy and kind of like, no! And her fringe was swinging around the place the whole time. But that's her in every movie or TV show.
2: Well, I'm disgusted that The Watcher never said that... Um Prue Halliwell from um, Charmed as well because Shannon Doherty did play her So Yes well she had she,
1: had she was actually quite a wide ranging uh, actress she did more than just fucking fucking Charmed which was one of the most bet down TV shows that has ever been made in the history of TV shows and I would really really appreciate it on this one day of the year where I'm really not 100% if you'd stop bringing up that fucking show
2: uh, just one question Annie Do you or do you not watch Home and Away? I know you do You are bet asunder Wait, Oh my God, the news is coming on The news is coming on girl in County Cork blows her knickers out Her fucking arsehole As she eats a vegan diet And causes the pipes in her house to explode Her husband Future husband Dave Died in a punami this afternoon Where the poo enveloped him Annie is now Nicholas, and a GoFundMe page has started in her honour. <laughs> oh, and that concludes today's story.
1: Oh, please stop. Oh, this laughing is actually making my head worse. I have to go. I have to go. I have to go either have coffee or an uh, enema.
2: Thank you so much for listening to part two of The Watcher today. If you would like more episodes, you can sign up to our Patreon which is at patreon.com forward slash Mysteries of the Unexplained, where you can get a bonus episode every week. You can also rate and review our podcast, if you wish, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts, which helps us loads. And uh, we will read those reviews out on the show, if they're five stars, of course. (laughs) Now I'm just going to bring Annie off to the hospital. Talk to you soon.
1: (coughs) I'm dying.